Before podcasting, before the internet, before television, there was radio. The Astounding Outpost presents Classic Radio Pulp. Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. As the shadow, Cranston is gifted with hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's story, The Isle of the Living Dead. are on a cruise of the West Indies. It is early evening as their ship sails into the harbor of the little island of St. Jude. In spite of the thunderstorm that is in progress, Margot insists that they go ashore. Her aunt refuses. So only Lamont accompanies her as they walk down the ship's gangplank to a waiting loft. You told me yourself that these tropical storms never last long. But this is the rainy season, Margaret. Oh, look out. One more slip and you'll swim to St. Jude. Well, I don't see why they don't put escalators on these gang planks. After all, they have them at the best apartment stores. Mm, but the best apartment stores don't float. Yeah? Yeah. Let me help you into the launch. There we are. All right, pilot. Yes, sir. Out of your line. Go to the pilot's cabin. Get out of this rain. All right. Go ahead, Margo. Thanks. Good evening. Kind of a rough night for you, isn't it, pilot? Maybe. Well, we'll get to shore all right, won't we? Maybe. Hmm, jolly fellow. <laughs> Are you a native of St. Jude? Yes. Well, it certainly looks like a beautiful place. You think so? Well, I... Uh, yes. Hmm? You have been here before? Uh, no, we haven't. Then wait and see before you talk. You must be a big help to the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> uh, what's wrong with the island, pilot? One half of island good. Other half belong to devil. What do you mean? Look through window. You see big hill over there? Oh, yes. I can just barely make it out. That plantation belonged to Devil Lady, Mrs. Nesbitt. Devil Lady? Yes. No one go near her place. Why not? You ever hear of zombies? Zombies? Zombies, Margot, are supposed to be dead men here in the tropics who walk about with no mind or soul. Native superstition. Uh, what about these zombies, Violet? Are there supposed to be zombies on the plantation? Well, answer me. Now talk to Pilot when he steer boat. You must have read that on a streetcar someplace. Come on, Lamar, let's go out on deck. Yes. Yes, all right. What do you suppose he meant, Lamont? About the island? Hmm. I don't know. Say, isn't that the young girl that played bridge with us on the boat? Where? Uh, sitting back there in the stern. Yes, of course. Betty Fulton. Lamont, she's crying. I wonder what the trouble is. Well, let's find out. <laughs> hello there. Oh, hello, Margot. 
couple of months. Oh, anything wrong, Betty? No. No. That is... <laughs> I'm leaving the ship. Why, Betty? I'm going to the island to look for my fiancé. David Delmar. Well, that shouldn't be an occasion for sadness. I'm afraid that something's happened to him. That's why I'm here. That's why I've come to this sinister, terrifying island. No, no, Betty. <laughs> How do you know that something's happened to him? Well, six months ago, he went to New York to find work. I heard from him regularly. And then one day, I received a letter telling me that he secured a job on the island of St. Jude. And what kind of a job? Something to do with a sugar plantation. Sugar plantation? Lamont, isn't that the place that the Well, uh, there must be more than one sugar plantation, Margot. Uh, what happened next, Betty? I never heard from him again. I wrote to the steamship company and learned that he had definitely come to St. Jude, so I came to New York and booked passage on the first ship. But, Betty, there might have been a mix-up in the mails oh, or any no, number. No, no. I've heard too many strange things about the island of St. Jude. Now that I'm here and I feel the mystery of this tropical night, I'm sure something has happened to David. Come on, listen. <laughs> what is that? It's probably a native celebration. Well, of course, look up there on the hill. See that faint line of lights bobbing along? Lamont, that's on the plantations the pilot told us about. Come on, Margo. We'll ask the pilot what all this means. Oh, Lamont, do you suppose it can be zombies? I don't suppose anything, yes. Pilot. Uh, uh, pilot, those lights moving along that hillside, what are they? Lights? Yes. And what are those drums we're hearing? I hear no drums. No drums? But... I see no light. Now, wait a minute. Are those zombies? Are they? Ask Gandhi. He know. Gandhi know everything. He say drum means death. Gandhi? Well, who is Gandhi? Well, we'll never learn from this one. Come on. Michael. Did you find out what those lights are? No, Betty. Oh. <laughs> now you know what I mean about the island. It's taken days from me. Betty, Margo and I have a day and a half to spend on this island. If it leaves your mind, we'll help you look for David. And believe me, we won't give up until he's found. I couldn't find anyone who'd take the job. All full of superstitious fear. Won't go near the Nesbitt place. I even had trouble hiring these saddle horses to make this trip tonight. Has Mrs. Nesbitt the only plantation on the island? Uh, no, Betty. There's one other. If we don't find David tonight, we'll visit there in the morning. Well, look. Look ahead there. Isn't that someone standing in the road? Yes. Perhaps he can tell us the way. Get up. Get up there. Come on, we'll talk to him. It's a little... Speed job I'm riding. Certainly must miss the old milk wagon. <laughs> I say there. I uh, wonder if you can help us. We're looking for the Nesbitt plantation. Nesbitt? Uh, yes. Nesbitt plantation? Yes, yes. Keep away! Hey, come back here! Come back! He ran into the underbrush. Did you see his face, Lamont? That weird, half dark face. Yes. Do you suppose he. 
Suppose he was a zombie? No, please, both of you. Let's not have any more talk about zombies. The drum. The same drum. Oh, oh, David. David. Look, over there through the trees. There's a light. And there's the plantation. I hope so. Come on. Get up, boy. Come on. Lamont. Yes, Margo. While you were hiring the horses, I asked one of the natives about the zombies and the drums. Yes? And he told me that when the tom-toms played, that meant that another body has risen from its grave to wander about the nest of plantation. <laughs> of course, that's a native superstition. Yeah, I wonder. Look, there's a house right there. Oh, boy. Oh, yes. Oh, we better leave the horses here. Where are we finding Will they be here? I'll bet David's all right. We'll find him. Grim-looking place, isn't it? Here, we'll tie the horses to this tree. There we are. That looks like the front door right over there, Lamont. Good. Well, let's see what happens. Lamont, I don't like any part of this business. Quiet here. It's almost like like a graveyard. Isn't that what you meant to say? Well, no, no, it is. It is like a graveyard. Maybe David's graveyard. I, uh, I better knock again. Maybe they just don't... Quiet, Oh, good evening. We'd like to see Mrs. Nesbitt, please. Yes? What? Are you Mrs. Nesbitt? Yes, I am. Won't you come in? Well, thank you. Uh, this is Miss Lane, Miss Fulton, and I'm Lamont Clancy. How do you do? How do you do? Well, I'm happy to meet all of you. Won't you come in the study? Well, thank you very much. Lamont, she isn't at all, my oh, no. <laughs> I'm not at all as the natives told you I'd be. Wasn't that what you were going to say, Miss Lane? <laughs> yes, well, the islanders love to talk about anything or anyone. And as I'm a white woman living alone, well, <laughs> I suppose I'm a good target, that's all. Mistress, ma'am. Well? You need me more? No, Mondo, you may go. It's bad night tonight. I keep watch. Go, Mondo. I go. <laughs> the natives are always uneasy in this rainy season. Yes. Uh, Mrs. Nesbitt, I'd like to explain the reason for our late visit tonight. Yes? We called on you to learn if you had ever heard of a young man here on the island named David Belmont. David Belmont? No, I'm afraid I don't know oh. Oh, I hope well, there's you another will... plantation on the island. Have you looked for him there? No, we came to you first. Well, I wish I could help you, but I'm afraid I can't. I see. Well, it looks like... What was that? It sounds as if it were in this house. No, couldn't be. Now, listen. That seems to come from under this room. Now, don't be alarmed. I'll find out what the disturbance is. Mondo? Mondo? Look! Over there at the window. Someone's looking in that face and it's you, Quiet, you little fool. There's no one at the window. I... Yeah. Beg your pardon. But look, look, all of you. Do you see anyone there? No. No, I don't. Well, I know. I, I saw someone. I, I know I did. Now, Betty, Betty, don't. Please. You call mistress, ma'am? What was that noise, Mondo? I find Johnny outside. I chased him away. But what was the noise beneath the house? Noise? Beneath house? Yes, those... those moons. That... that was hot. Rain makes them restless tonight. Oh, oh of course. I, I'd forgotten in this rainy season we put the horses in the cellar under this room. Mistress, ma'am, that depends two horses. Yes, yes. I... 
I'm afraid you must excuse me. Well, of course, sir. We were leaving anyway. Sorry to disturb you, Mrs. Mansus. Quite all right. Quite all right. Mistress, ma'am, better tend to horses. Quick, yes. Yes, Mondo. Good night, Miss Lane. Miss Fulton. Good night. Good night, and thank you anyway for... Well, that's where I come from. That's known as a bomb's rush. They almost pushed us out there, too. Lamont, did you hear that servant speak of John Lee? Yes. And the pilot on the boat spoke of John Lee, too. Yes, that's right. He said, ask John Lee. John Lee knows everything. Why do you think Mrs. Nesbitt was so upset about the horses? Because they're most unusual animals, Betty. What do you mean, Lamont? Well, do you remember those moans we heard in the house? I don't see how I could forget them. Why do you ask? That was the first time, Margot, I'd ever heard a horse moan with the vocal cord of a human being. I believe there's an inn just down the street. We can rest there before we go to the other plantation in the morning. Well, it's almost morning now, isn't it, Lamont? No, it's only two o'clock, Margot. I, I suppose it would be too much for us to go to that other plantation tonight. Well, it'd be quite a journey on a night like this. But I've got to know. I've got to know something about David soon. If David isn't at the other plantation, I'd like to pay another visit to our friend, Mrs. Nesbitt. Bye, Lamont. Oh, boy. Oh. And we'll leave the horses here. Well, someone's awake at the local inn. Lamont, why do you want to go back to the Nesbitt place? Well, for one thing, I'd like to learn more about those moans that came from her cellar. They did sound human. They were human, Margot. What about this man, John? The one who knows everything. I very much enjoy meeting him, Margot. Well, uh, shall we go in? Coming, Betty? Yes. <laughs> well, well. Nightlife on St. Jude. It seems to consist of one large bar and piano, two small tables, and some local bar flies. At least we're out of the rain. Ooh, I don't know whether I want coffee or a clothes ringer. <laughs> Marshall, I don't know how to thank you both for practically risking pneumonia just for my sake. Oh, it's all right, Betty. But here, let's not stand here and drip all over the floor. If we must make puddles, let's do it at the table. <laughs> What's going on over there? Oh, I don't know that. Seems to be a crowd gathered around someone at the end of the bar. Watch him do this one. Eh? Well, what are we waiting for? Come on, Eddie. Look, Lamont. That kind of attraction seems to be one of the natives. Yeah. What's he up to? Nice clothes. Swaying back and forth. You could grin when he's saying something, doesn't he? I can't, old boy. I really can't. Don't you know? I really say. Why, you talk like a culture, don't you? So sorry, so sorry at all that. Go on, give us some more. That's not enough. Look, look, he's talking about his hat, and they're putting money. Money? More money? Right, man? That's fine. Now he's talking in a native voice. And just a moment ago, he spoke like an Englishman. Let's find out about this. I uh, beg your pardon, sir. Yes? Uh, who is this man? Oh, just one of the natives. Yes, but his speech. Uh, first he spoke perfect English, and then he reverted to a guttural native voice. <laughs> That's why we're throwing money in his hat. 
Now, this man is uh, sort of half-witted drunkard. He's character around these parts because he's been gifted with a remarkable talent for uh, imitating any sound he hears. No, I see. I've been told of this case. Uh, it's rather uncanny when you first hear it. Yes, I should say it is. Now, uh, look, he's working up in another imitation. You see, he's Hey, I just stuck in here for a quick pick me up my door. For heaven's sake, tell my wife. <laughs> he just impersonated Clancy, the storekeeper. It was perfect, too. Isn't he amazing, Lamont? Money. Money for Jandy? Give him some money, Lamont. Let's see what happens. Oh, uh, Jandy, uh, here's some money for you. Uh, Jandy, listen to me. Can you talk like Mrs. Nesbitt, the plantation owner? Mrs. Nesbitt? Mrs. Nesbitt? Come on, Chandy. Come on, he's closing his eyes. Waiting back and forth. I think he's going to talk. Listen closely to me, do you hear? It's Mrs. Nesbitt's voice. Exactly. This night on, you're my slave. You must obey me. You have your orders. Now do as I command. Come on, who do you suppose she was talking to? Quiet, Margo. He hasn't finished. Yes, mistress. Yes, mistress, I do as you command. (laughs) Come here. They do not obey. 
Well, not today. Come here to me. I command you. <laughs> what was that? That voice. They no longer obey your commands, Mrs. Nesbitt. Who speaks? Who talks to me? Has one of you broken the spell? I spoke, Mrs. Nesbitt. But I'm not one of your slaves. Who are you? Men call me the Shadow. I see no one. He speaks. I see no one. I'm standing right beside you, Mondor. No. No. No one beside me. My hypnotic powers make me invisible to your eyes. What do you want? Why are you here? I have come to free these men from the evil spell that you've cast upon them. No. No, you have no business here. Get out! Get out! <laughs> My power frightens you, Mrs. Nesbitt. Frightens you because it's far greater than yours. No. No, no one has greater power than I. Mondo, please, this man. Listen for the location of his voice and seize him. Yes, Mondo. Come on. Seize me. Yes. If you dare. Oh. No, Mondo, no like voice. Mondo, no one to be near voice. Mondo, run away from voice. Mondo. Mondo, come here. <laughs> Your faithful Mondo has deserted you, Mrs. Nesbitt. He's not only deserted you, but he's also locked you in the cellar with the slaves you've so cruelly treated. Oh, no. And they're becoming restless, Mrs. Nesbitt. Perhaps they feel that the power you hold over them is not as strong as you've led them to believe. No, let me out of here. Mondo, Mondo, open that door. That door will remain locked. Until you tell me the secret you've used to turn these poor creatures into living dead men. Slaves who move and act like animals. I can't. I can't tell you that. The men are becoming more restless, Mrs. Nesbitt. Soon your power will wear off altogether. And when it does, I must warn you, it would be futile for me to attempt to save you from their mad rage. No, no. Hear them? You haven't much time, Mrs. Nesbitt. You can't keep me locked up in here. You must let me out. I cannot release you. So you tell me what you've done to these men. All right. All right, I'll tell you. I've been feeding them a drug. A secret drug that I discovered here on the island. I thought so. Is there an antidote for that drug? No, no, it's not necessary. Unless it's administered daily, the effect wears off. Please, let me out of here. Not yet, Mrs. Nesbitt. First, you must tell me who these men are. Some of them are natives. The others are white men that are hired in this state. And you gave them this drug and put them to work in your fields as slaves, isn't that right? Yes. And you created the superstition of zombies at the tom-tom, just to keep away anyone who might be curious about your activities. Yes. Yes, well, let me out of here. I must learn one more thing. Is one of these men David Belmont? Answer me. Is he among them? Yes. Help me. Open the door. You promised me three. I keep my promise. for all that you've done for Betty and me. Oh, don't mention it, David. Goodbye, Betty. Goodbye. And remember, we, we'll see you soon in the state. All, all right. right, Betty. Bye-bye. Watch your step, Mark. I'm right, getting into the launch. All aboard, sir. We'll go out to the ship now. Well, Lamont, I 
can't say that I'm sorry to be bidding farewell to the dreamy little isle of St. Jude. <laughs> it wasn't dull, Margot. Oh, uh, oh, I'm glad that the authorities cleared the men of any responsibility for Mrs. Nesbitt's death. Well, it was easy to prove that she died of shock. A shock induced by fear of the living dead men that she herself had created. Yes. Well, I've settled one point in my mind anyway. Oh? What's that? The only zombies that I ever want to see again are the kind they serve in a nightclub in a long, cool glass. you enjoyed this latest episode of The Shadow. Please check out our website, www.astoundingoutpost.com, where you will find short stories published each weekday, uh, themed each month in the pulp variety. Uh, also, we have Friday Night Freak Show, where we show different B-movies every Friday. And also, please check out The Astounding Store. <laughs>